Hello, my name is Craig and welcome to episode 209 of AADA. I've called this episode The Path of a Design Career. And it's a little bit weird, this episode, actually. I kind of just randomly got this idea, as we get all of our ideas just randomly, because that's how they work. Today, I'm talking about the path of a design career. So where you start, what you do in the middle, and where you go to the end. So let's start with the the first bit. Um, Nearly all design careers follow a predictable trajectory. And predictable trajectory, as, as I've just proven, is a really hard phrase to put together when you're on the spot and trying to record it. But nearly all design careers follow a predictable path. Let's say path instead, that's easier. You go from being a young, plucky, usually arrogant designer working from somebody for somebody else and you end up somewhere else. And that somewhere else is usually predictable. But I wanna I wanna talk about those different stages. This is kind of this episode's kind of inspired from the one where I spoke about my first design job a couple of episodes ago. And in the first stage, as being a plucky, arrogant designer, this is the stage I see a lot when we when we take on work experience kids or when I go teach in, in college and unis. You see this kind of thing a lot where you see a young, arrogant designer. And the thing that makes them arrogant is that they think they know everything. And I used to, it used to quite annoy me when I used to see this kind of thing. It used to annoy me that I'd suggest something to said young, plucky, arrogant designer, and they'd say yes and ignore me because they thought they knew better. And then as I went on and started to think about this a bit more, and this is a trait you see in most young designers that they just, they think they know everything. And as, as, as I went on teaching more and more people, I kind of learned to appreciate that in designers, specifically young designers, because I noticed young designers who have this tend to be better designers. And I think that's because designers and inherently creative people tend to be a bit against the grain. They tend to they tend to contradict people a lot. They tend to be contrarians. I'm a contrarian and everyone who works with me at Genius Division will say exactly the same thing. I'm a contrarian. If somebody likes something, I don't like it. And if somebody like if somebody doesn't like something, I love it. And I'm a little bit of a contrarian like that because I'm always trying to fight the status quo. And I like to I like to see that in a young designer. I like to see that a designer is going against the grain and wants to do it their way and doesn't give a shit if it's an older designer with way more experience telling them that it's wrong. They're going to keep pursuing it anyway. And I, I admire that kind of steadfastness. It's something almost exclusive to, to young designers. You still, some designers still maintain that arrogance as they get further into the career. But as you get further into your career, you kind of start to realize that customer service is really important. And you start to learn that being nice to people is really damn important as well. And often you can't be an arrogant, you can't be an arrogant arsehole, basically. You can't be arrogant and you can't be you can't be annoying with people. If a client's paying you for work, you've got to find a better way to be arrogant to them. You've got to find a better way to get your point across rather than being arrogant and just saying, no, I'm right. Because it doesn't work. When somebody's paying you, they'll just refuse to pay you if you don't do what they say. So you've you've got to find a level of negotiation skills and those kind of level of tactics. So things change a bit when you get further into your career. And I think that's what's really nice to see about young, plucky, arrogant designers. 
They haven't been tainted by any of that yet. They don't understand client skills or negotiation tactics. They're just a young designer wanting to do amazing work. And then usually the young designer goes over to being something like a freelancer. This is, I don't know why the design, the design profession, particularly the creative industries, usually developers as, as well, and just anybody involved in the creative industries, they tend to want to freelance. I don't know why it's such a, a sought after thing in, in, in the creative careers, but, but it is. And pretty much everybody who's in the creative careers does some kind of freelance work on the side because I guess they love the job. They're, they're so thankful that they're doing it. They're doing the hobby and they're getting paid for it that they want to do more of their hobby and get paid for it as well. I don't think it's that creative people are inherently more greedy than anybody else. I don't think that's, that's it at all. I just think they enjoy doing what they do and it's great that they can do it for themselves as well. So you often see that young, plucky, arrogant designer go into freelance work. I did this and before we started Genius Division with James Sheriff, the guy I started Genius Division with, we had a bit of a side project called Consumer and that was our freelance business. We had jobs at the time and looking at it now and taking phone calls while I was at work and walking out of the office and pretending to go to the toilet because I needed to take a client call. Feels really weird thinking about that now. But yeah, that's what I used to do. And that's what thousands and millions of other designers do these days as well when they're working for somebody else. It's not exclusive to any kind of designer. And then they take up that freelance work and then the young plucky designer turns into a bit more of a wise young designer. And they usually lose a bit of the arrogance and then you usually decide to try the in-house designer role. So usually young designers work for agencies. They've got a real mix of work. They're working for loads of different clients. They're doing loads of cool stuff. They love it. And then usually a designer gets into some stage of their career and they decide to try the dark side, which is the in-house designer role. So they'll be working for a company and they'll be working on the same project all the time, typically. Or they'll be working on a range of, a suite of products for the same business. So they'll be using the same style of stuff a lot of the time. And most, I see most designers try this. I was lucky that I got to try this as my very first job in my design career, which put me off doing it for the rest of my design career. And I always wanted to run my own business anyway, so I'd never go back to that now. But a lot of designers try it at some point in their career, I guess out of curiosity to see what it's like on the other side. And I can talk from experience and I can talk from experience of other ones of my friends who have been in-house. It's a particular kind of designer that likes being an in-house designer. They've got to, they've got to like not doing a variety of work, I guess. And they've got to, they've got to enjoy the stability, the stability, not the stability. They've got to enjoy the stability of being in more of a corporate environment, a lot of designers, as I said, are contrarians and they don't like being in some kind of corporate environment where they've got to wear a shirt and a tie and they've got to answer to loads of bosses and they work for 2,000 people. It, it's a weird thing and designers don't like that. That's why loads of design companies and most design companies and creative companies are small companies of 10 people, maybe not even more than that sometimes. So yeah, it's... The in-house designer thing is often in the middle of a, a designer's career and then they usually go back from that and they go back to a design agency because the work is more rewarding and at this point they'll 
be a designer. They won't be a junior designer anymore. They'll be going to a better agency probably. And they might even be considering starting their own design agency. And yeah, at this stage, people usually make one of two kind of decisions or maybe three. They either, they're either in it for the long haul as a designer eventually becoming a senior creative or a senior designer, and then maybe eventually becoming a creative director at somebody else's company. They either make the choice to go freelance full-time and start their own business, or they decide to go into management in, in some some capacity. They're usually the three ways that creatives end up going, and it kind of depends on the creative, where, which one they fall on. I fell into the I always wanted to start my own business, so I'm going to start my own business angle. But other people fall into other areas, and I think it's interesting to see the different kind of the different kind of ways designers go. But even though there's lots of different ways to take your design career, so yeah, whilst a designer's career can start from anywhere and finish anywhere, the kind of the middle design path, the path of a designer's career, is usually pretty predictable, and it usually finishes in the same kind of place or in the same couple of places, which is weird. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. So today's episode was episode 209 and you can find the show notes about this episode at askadesigneranything.com forward slash EP209. I'm losing my voice now because I've recorded three episodes in a row as I'm getting back into batching episodes. So I'm going to leave you to it, leave you to enjoy these couple of episodes and thank you so much for listening and I'll see you soon.